Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to A View from the Bullens, in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians and fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans. Hello and welcome to another episode from A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Ben Winstanley, and our two guests this evening are Lyndon Lloyd and Matthew Neal. Ben, Everton won, Wolves nil, a home win at last. What were your thoughts on the game? Um, do you know what, to start off with, how good is it seeing fans in the ground? And I'm so glad that the Blues actually put a performance in, especially in the second half, to actually get the three points. So, just watching the game at the end there, gutted that I couldn't go. My brother's there, a few Blues, and, and it just looked spectacular just to see fans back in Goodison and to witness a win. It's been a bit of a, a miserable 2021, shall we say, um, at home at Goodison with the current record, but massive three points. It's just typical Everton, isn't it? After that performance last weekend for Villa to go to Tottenham and lose, well, and win. So now we're, we're somehow all to play for now with one game to go, and we've got to go to Man City and really go at them and get the three points there because it, it look, it's still on. Potential Europe for the Toffees is still there, and we just need to pray all week and hope. But just to dissect the game, I thought, to be fair, I thought Michael Keane was brilliant today. He's been uh, a lot of criticism over the past few weeks. I think he was solid. He dealt with Adama Traore really well and he was crucial getting rid of the clearances. It was good to see him back. I thought Richarlison played well as well. He was a bit quiet in the first half but I said before the game Richarlison's one of these players that performs up to the fans and acts up and performs better when the fans are present and you can see when he scored he loved it. He loves interacting with the fans. I can see on Twitter that he's given his share to one of the young Evertonians which again is amazing to see especially with his attitude over the past few weeks, but he definitely played better with fans around him. I thought Dean was brilliant. Uh, and I thought, to be fair, 32-year-old Seamus Coleman running up and down that wing again, I thought he was superb. And it just puts a bit of spin on it, doesn't it, with the Hammers Rodriguez out. Um, fatigue when you got Seamus Coleman running up and down the line at 32 years of age. So credit where credit's due. But 
bit of negative for me, Mick. I thought the first half was shocking, appalling. Um, the midfield didn't want the ball. Um, and it's just you could just see all day that there was no one playing in between the lines. I think Sigurdsson was defending from the left, but on the attack, looking to get into the number 10 role. But he just weren't finding them pockets of space. And Wolves were on top in the first half. Let's, not, let's get it right. So we didn't play well at all. And we came out, got that goal. That when I feel when we score first, Everton that we seem to kick on and we defend really, really well. And I we I knew that they weren't gonna score because every every time we go one and up, we, we perform really well. It's kind of suits our our performance. And I felt like it was kind of like an Italian, another away performance again, which is just what we needed to get the three points, which was massive. So I go back to my old phrase and I don't care how we play as long as we get the three points on the board going forward. So no, it's an absolute massive victory and massive performance and we're somehow somehow still within a chance of Europe I don't know how after this year but we are so let's all play and hope we can get a result on Sunday Lyndon I'm going to try and break this this game down I'm going to talk about the first half first when at halftime nil-nil it, it was a really poor half wasn't it and we were looking for that response that that reply uh, considering the attitude had been questioned by Carlo towards the players and Jordan Pickford had questioned the application and the attitude. They didn't really respond well, did they, in the first 45? Just the same problems that we've had at Goodison since the since the turn of the year in the first half. It was really, really disappointing. Um, as Ben said, there just wasn't enough movement in midfield. I thought Alan and Dekure were really um, poor on the ball. Um you know, got Gilfie Sigurdsson, who's at times moving into space, but um, but but just more more of the standing around and, and pointing and not really taking ownership um, that you need from someone of his experience, um, and just just no one sort of gambling forward to to sort of break forward down the lines and, and into space, and and no one getting beyond the front two, and so it, it really, yeah, more of the same, really really frustrating, um, which is why it was so pleasing to see the response um, in the second half. And um, I think the important thing for us, obviously, was to get to halftime um, at nil-nil. And I think by that point, we'd started to do... Um, Adama Traor is one of those players, a bit like Wilfred Zaha, where the longer the game goes on, the more you can frustrate him, the less effective he becomes. And I think that was the case for us today. So yeah, we navigated the first half, got out of that, and, and thankfully there was a response in the second half. Matthew, just staying with the first half, it's strange, isn't it? Because we've spoke about pace so many times as Evertonians that, you know, we have a severe lack of it. And, when, and then when we come up against a team like Wolves, who have a Traore on the wing, they seem to step up 10, 15 yards, knowing that Everton can't get in behind. And then they try and exploit us, don't they, with their pace? And that's exactly what we need. Yeah, it's definitely, it reminds me of uh, the, the Koeman second season when we uh, we saw Lukaku teams just push up against us because they, they know we've got nothing going the other way so they just they're able to step up onto the halfway line and uh, dictate the game and that's what happens because they're not they're not they're not scared of of us either putting in balls in behind or or you know wingers and fullbacks you know making runs from from wide areas and causing them real real problems and, and we can't offer that so it is really difficult when you come up against a team with with good pace, strong midfielders, you know, Neves and Matinho control and control the game really well. Um, and it's it's difficult to get a foothold. Um, because we lacked we lack the two things you need to, to dictate games. You know, we don't have a, a creative midfielder to to really dictate the play from the middle, and and we don't have 
any sort of width or creativity from the, from the flanks to to cause teams issues. So, yeah, it's a sort of double whammy from 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 that point of view. I do think it's some of it is down to the way the the manager sets us up, but I don't actually have a problem with that because every like he like he said earlier in the week, we don't we picked our, our points up from sort of doing that this season, haven't we? By sitting deep and letting other teams have the ball. It's, we sort of possession's the enemy for us, really. We seem to give the ball away in dangerous areas and can see goals when we try and dictate dictate the play. But um, yeah, no, tonight really sort of highlighted again the need for real strengthening in in, in the athleticism department of our team and the, re- the real need for a, someone more reliable and Hammers to come in and dictate the game and someone that can offer something from the right fullback and right winger spots to sort of put the teams under pressure and make sure that we can put teams under pressure for prolonged periods rather than always having sort of our hearts in our mouths all the time. Ben, I'll come on to James Rodriguez a little bit later on in the podcast, but I just want to talk about the formation. I mean, it looked like it was going to be a five at the back, which obviously a lot of Evertonians would have been a bit disappointed with given the, you know, the current circumstances that hasn't worked in the past, but it wasn't, was that, was it? I mean, Coleman played on the right and, and Sigurdsson almost played on the left, but it says a lot, doesn't it? You know, if Seamus Coleman at 32 is playing right wing, considering, you know, the attitude has been questioned of, of the players, that then we have the likes of Josh King, Alex Awobi and Bernard, and then even in Cuckoo, you know, it, it would probably be better options on the right, but Coleman starts ahead of them. Yeah, it, you know what you're going to get with Coleman, aren't you? 100% commitments. He might not be the best technically, but he will put 100% effort in going up and down. And what Matthew's just touched on there is absolutely spot on. Um, possession really is the enemy for Everton this year. And like Carlo said, we, we, I think it's 21 games he set out defensively. I think now 22. We've won 15 of them, according to him. So the football's not great. It's not nice to watch, but it's effective uh, and it's clearly worked for us. And that's why we're getting so many points away from home because we're going out with that setup now. And I, I get whatever Everton fans might not react well to that at home. Um, I know I don't particularly. I, I want to see a free flow and attack of football. But going back to what I've said a few podcasts ago, I don't think Carlo trusts this this squad and the players. He he. he referred to it this year this earlier on in the week that he's not a magician and he's just a coach and a trainer so that to me shows that he, he can't perform magic tricks with this current set of players and squad and let's get it right here it's not his squad at the moment and um, we're still three or four probably five players away from calling it his own so we've he's still got a massive summer ahead this summer and it's it's refreshing to see that we are looking to assess that right back right wing positions for for me we're screaming out for them. We're just scoring from set pieces and corners. And I think we're number one headed goals in the Premier League and number one scoring headers from corners. So it just shows where we're scoring our goals from this year. And it was a 13 or 14 1 0 wins this year, which takes me back to the Marcus Benz 04 05 days when we got Champions League football winning 1 0 every week. And look, the football's not great, but it's effective and it's getting the three points. And Previous games where you probably tried to be more attacking, going for your four-three-three or your four-four-two in a diamond. Then we've been exposed going back, and I think that's puts it down to trust. Carlo doesn't trust the tactics with with implementing the, his own spin on the squad and the team with the set of plays he's got available. Um, it, it's clear to see that it, we, he wants three centred halves at the moment because we've only got Godfrey there with real pace. Mina and Keane can't really play on the turn and. 
I, I was kind of frustrated to see the team, but it worked. Um, obviously, they had that silver up front. So for me, he hasn't set the world alight, costing nearly £38 million, and he hasn't performed very well at all for me. And having three centre-halves on the one fella didn't really add up. But look, it worked. Um, Adama Traore caused us really issue, real issues, but having three at the back, we could double up on him. Um, obviously, Michael Keane was running out, Lucas Dean was coming out, and even Sigurdsson, to be fair to him, I thought had an all right game. I thought defensively he played really well on the left. He was quite working back, but he just in that first half wasn't getting into positions where we really want to see him as that number 10. And I felt like for a large part of that game, we were crying out for a number 10 for, to play through the lines. And Alan and Decore weren't really getting on the ball. I thought Decore, for his standards, had a pretty poor game. Um, I didn't think like his passing was very well. Um, he looked unfit to me going on to the second half. Maybe we've rushed him back from injury because of how desperate we've been. But look, performance aside, three points somehow again, still in the mix for top seven, top six football. I'm just, I'm just praying, hoping, and watching the games going on now. The the results go in our favour. We can go to Man City and get the three points. So. Yeah, it's going to be massive. There's going to be a lot of tinkering with the formation. Um, I still don't know what our best formation is with this set of players. It didn't work against Sheffield United, but it worked today. So, yeah, massive three points, and let's kick on to Sunday and try and get uh, the win against Man City. Lyndon, moving on to the second half. I mean, like I said, the first half wasn't great, but Everton came out strong in the second half, and it was a great ball in by Sigurdsson, and, and the Richardson header was a superb header, wasn't it? It's a great header, really good header. Um, I, was, I thought that um, he was really, really good overall. I mean, quite first half, as Ben said, but I thought um, Richardson was so much better than he has been in recent weeks. And it and it really does just speak to that uh, that notion that a lot of people have been saying that he he needs that he likes to play to the fans, um, and that will that really bodes well for next season when hopefully we've we've got many more blues in there uh, than we had tonight. Um, and just the, the, really the whole, well, the first half of the second half, if you like, just just showed what a difference belief can make to a team. Um, you know, there was there was far more um, conviction about our performance in the second half. And again, going back to having fans in the ground, they they were driving that team forward at times. There was a moment in the second half where we'd kind of gone backwards for you know the umpteenth time the ball came back out to godfrey on the right and instead of going backwards he just took his man on and all of a sudden he's down the the touchline and i think he won a corner out of it and it's it's that kind of um that that difference those kind of small margins where you can just get the team up the pitch maybe win a corner or, or you know get get your striker in um and and it just changes the changes the way you play and it com- changes the complexion of of the game and, and it makes the opposition fear you that bit much more because we've been so easy to play against recently and for for large portions of this game we were easy to play against because we were playing to the same template where you know if you if you stifle us in midfield and force us back then that's the way we're going to go so yeah much better second half um obviously would have would like would have liked to have seen a couple more goals to make it safe uh, i think dominic calvert-loon had a couple of chances there um but i mean can't complain you know home win and um as Ben says, I think we just have the opportunity to just go to Man City and just, you know, treat it like a one-off cup final, cup tie. Just give it everything, um, and, and and don't have any um, any fear whatsoever. Because you know, as Brighton showed, I mean, yeah, Man City were down to ten men, but you know, if you have a go at them, um, no one's infallible. So it's there for us if we want it. 
Matthew, it really is a game of fine margins, isn't it, with this Everton side? You know, we, we set up the way we set up, but if we concede first, you know, we are in a, in a world of trouble, so to speak. But when Everton do score first, we look a different animal, don't we? And we then look a tough nut to crack. Yeah, we do, mate. Um, I think this has been a problem for a little while now. I think it all comes together just through the fact that we just don't have enough goals in the team. So it's very difficult to get back into games. But this is a this has been an ongoing problem for a long, long time, way before Ancelotti. Um, I think if I'm, I don't know if I'm wrong here, but I'm pretty sure the Watford game last year that it was three two, and I think that was the first time we'd come back from being a goal down for a, for a, for a, for, a, for a year or so, and something mad like that. I mean, that's just crazy, isn't it? Um, I think it come, you know, it comes down to the fact that sometimes we do question the spirit and the attitude of this team and whether they can get back into games and show that grit and determination. But also again, the goals. I mean, you know, Calvert Lewin's the only one that's in double figures this season in the Premier League. I know Richarlison's got um, double figures in all competitions, but it does come down to the fact that we just can't. We do really, really struggle to either put teams away or get back into games, but. Like you said, it's a nice quality to have that we are, as much as it, it's quite stressful, it's not an enjoyable watch at times, you know, um, you know, heart and mouth situations there, certainly with that penalty call and stuff like that. I mean, it wasn't a penalty, was it? But you've still got, you know, one, when it's one goal, anything can happen. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a strong quality to have to be able to see out games. Uh, I mean, I, rem- I remember um, the Arsenal Invincible team, you know, how many 1-0 wins did they have in that season, you know, just by seeing games out? It's, it's an important quality, you know, um, being able to, to, to keep points from, from winning positions. Uh, I, I guess some would say it's, it's as important as sort of getting points from behind. So, yeah, yeah I think that's, I think the problem is, I think if we had a, we'd had a, a more fruitful uh, year in terms of goals, we'd actually be looking back at this this season and, and saying, well, you know what, we've, we've been pretty poor over the last two or three seasons defensively. And then this season, take away the sort of first five, six, seven games where, you know, we, as much as we were winning, we were shipping goals for fun. Outside of that, we've, we've, we've got a pretty decent um, clean sheet record this season. Um, I think it's sort of nine, nine clean sheets away from home. I'm not sure, sure what it is at home I, I did see I was looking at the uh, the ta- league table the other day for, for goals conceded and I think we're fifth or sixth best in the in the, in the top half for that now I think we've conceded something like 42 goals this season mm. that's not it's not too bad is it so listen it's, it's not pretty it's not it's not it's not great at times but it's a quality that we we have to take into next season and hopefully join that up with a few more attacking options and and we can see, and we don't have to Hopefully, we won't have to see so many games out. Ben, three points, it's all we can ask for. But given the fact that, you know, attitude was questioned and the application was questioned of this current crop of players, do you think this performance has probably satisfied the, the Evertonians a little bit? Um, you could hear the frustration in the first half from the Everton fans. Like you could just hear the Goodison. Oh, as soon as they went backwards, it was quite fitting and quite funny to watch on TV. Because we were all doing the same reactions at home. But do you know what? It, it, they'd be over the moon, the fans tonight, just to get in the ground, to celebrate with the players, to stay behind, to sing the songs. I'm so envious and jealous of them fans that got um, got tickets in the ballot because it, what an experience that would have been tonight. It's been so long football. 
And I still stand by football without fans is nothing. And you can just see the passion from everyone when they score. I've seen some cracking photos and I'm just so envious of everyone there. Um, so it, it was just a, a great all-round day. I think it was forecast to absolutely lash down as well. And what a day we've had on Merseyside today. So Goodison under the under the air, uh, the sun and the sunshine on the Gladys, how we've missed that. But no, it's the performance wasn't brilliant, but we've got three points. I'm just absolutely devastated for the, all the people who went today. The, I think obviously my brother and a few mates went and they were like, oh, we're going to see James Rodriguez live for the first time. And he pulls the fatigue card, which I'm a bit frustrated about. Um, it's just one of them, isn't it? It's not really an excuse for me personally. Even if he was on the bench and came off for the last 20 minutes and put a bit of a shift in, it would have been brilliant just to see him grace the pitch at Goodison Park. And just for the fans to actually see a calibre of player um, play at Goodison Park and show on would have been brilliant. So I think that was the icing on the cake that we've missed out from today. And it just wasn't a valid enough excuse for me. There might be more to it. I'm not really so sure. I'm just really let down by it, Mick. Um, but like Matthew and Lyndon have touched on there, the, the result is all that matters and it's put put us in a massive um, predicament for Sunday now. We've got stuff to play for. It's not just going to be a, a friendly match. And we, as Lyndon rightly said, we've just got to treat it as a cup match. Anything can happen. I've seen us pull off, off some bizarre performances this year away from home. Anfield, White Hart Lane, to, to name a few. The Emirates. Why can't we do it at the Etihad? We haven't done it for a number of years. Let's really throw the eggs amongst the pigeons and see where we can uh, we can finish off. Because imagine we <laughs> played so badly with a home record that like we have this year and actually pull off getting in Europe. It'd be massive. And we talked about it previously and what we will be talking about it on uh, the Bullens Ballroom, which is coming on in a few weeks. Just how massive European football would be, would be for obviously the transfer budget, people coming into the club, the pull of having Europe behind you. It's still a massive game on Sunday. So we just need to support the players, support the club on all social media platforms going forward. But no, to conclude, I'm absolutely jealous and envious of everyone seeing that ball at the back of the net at the Gladys Street and seeing, seeing the old Richarlison peel away and celebrate hitting the badge, which puts a lot of speculation to bed for me. Um, he played brilliantly after that goal. We've seen the Richarlison of the past two years. So yeah, good result. Not the best performance, but it puts us right back in the mix. Lyndon and Matthew, I'm going to want your opinion on this one as well regarding James Rodriguez. He was left out of the team due to fatigue. Lyndon, where, where does it sit with you, this one? I mean, if that is the reason, which I mean, I suppose we have no reason to to disbelieve it, it's just um, it's just a bit poor, really, isn't it? I was just devastated, as Ben said, for the fans that thought they might finally get to see him. Um, you know, as a as a viewer myself, I was gutted because every time he's on the pitch, you know, he's he's great to watch. Usually, great to watch. I think the only really game that he's really stunk the place out was it was at Arsenal, um, and he's just uh, I mean, he's just a unique talent, um, and it's just a shame that the fans didn't get to see him. Um, again, it's you know, you can speculate. He's there, there was murmurs when he was I think as at Madrid and perhaps Bayern as well, was some of the players, some of the other players thought that he was a bit of a diva, and um, you know. As Ben said, and I made the same point on Twitter before the game, you know, if, if you're fatigued, then you can take your place on the bench um, and, you know, maybe make an appearance late in the game and at least show up for the fans. Because, I mean, ultimately, given how few games he's played this season, um, he, he is more of that, that kind of um, commercial signing that sort of opens up commercial markets. But it also, you know, it brings attention to the club. And it's also, it gets to that notion that football is 
fundamentally entertainment as well. And that's what the fans want to see is James Rodriguez, you know, even if he's not fully fit. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, I, I doubt he'll play at City. Um, whether he hangs around until next season, I guess we'll, guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, it's just a disappointing not to see him for, for one final time, and particularly for those fans who, who got tickets tonight. Matthew, how do you feel about this one? You know, a player fatigued. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? You know, we obviously don't know the ins and the outs, but uh, a bit like what Ben said, you know, if he'd have at least been on the bench and give us 10 minutes towards the end, it would have been a, a fitting way to end the season, I suppose, especially with fans back in the stadium. But but how do you feel about this? I mean, it's not going to wash with many Evertonians, is it? I wouldn't think. No, uh, I don't think fatigue for a player that's played about five games since Christmas is is going to wash with with many. Um like the boys said, if it is fatigue and we are, we're, we, I mean, we're going off what the manager said, so it's not speculation at this point, is it? It's what the manager's, manager's said, then it is, you know, fatigue. I mean, it's a bit like the Josh King, King ones for me, you know, he's out in out one game, in the other out. I mean, you just think, why, well, you know, can these boys not play for a few niggles and, you know, little things, you know, it's, it just seems strange that they're all bunking off here and there and it's a strange one for Hammers in terms of obviously he's never he's never experienced a, a, anyone at Goodison let alone a, a full Goodison so you think you know maybe he'd at least want to be on the bench and come off the bench and be involved and or at least be able to I don't know if he, he was there in the stands tonight or not I don't you know get involved with the um, you know the lap, lap and stuff at the end I mean we all, when he when he come in, we all we all knew what we, we were getting. We all knew we were getting a, a player that plays no more than twenty five games a season. I don't think he's even. I think he's played low twenties, which I'm happy. You know what? I'm I'm pretty ha- I'm pretty happy with the contribution he's given this season. I think every time, nearly every time he's played, he's done well. It's the disappointment for me for the running has been that he had that he had that injury for for about two months didn't he after United and he missed Southampton he missed West Brom and then we had the international break I think and we thought oh yeah we're going to get him back now for the, for the for the last few games for six or seven games he's going to be playing every week and he's the difference and he's probably played two or three of those games and he played on Sunday and I thought he was in and out I didn't think he was that good on Sunday I thought that was probably one of his Worst games, if not his worst, and it is it is disappointing when you when you hear such a, a a rubbish. It's a rubbish old excuse, isn't it? And what it does highlight for me is there's too many. This this is this is not having a go at Hammers at all here because he's by far our best player. But it's you can't carry luxury players in a team that finishes that's been finishing mid table. You know, there's too many of these lightweight players in our side. We've got Bernard. I'd class Awobi in that. I'd class Sigerson in that. You've got Hammers. You're carrying four, at least four players there that are all pretty lightweight and don't get involved and aren't the best athletes. And that's all right if you've got all the best athletes around you and all the best footballers like a City or a, or a Liverpool. Well, not Liverpool really, but City, you know, a City do. But we can't, we can't carry the weight. And, that, and that's got to be directed at, the recruitment this summer, you see Ben Godfrey, the second half there. He gets moved to right back. He's our he's been our best centre back, him and Mina this this season. He, he's gallivanting down the right hand side with pace, power. He's getting the crowd involved, and we need a bit more of that really. Um, 
rather than carrying too many of the, of the luxury player like Hammers, I'd say. So, Ben, looking towards the weekend now, obviously it's Man City away on Sunday. We're, we're currently level on points with Spurs, who are in seventh. Um, you know, West Ham are sitting in sixth and they're currently playing as we talk. Uh, and we're a point behind them because they're drawing at West Brom. So, at least there's something to play for, isn't there? And there should be, you know, enough motivation within the dressing room to think, you know what, it's in our hands, win our game and let's just hope results go our way. Yeah, definitely. I think watching a Pep interview before saying that Carlo sent him a congratulating text <laughs> about winning the league. So hopefully he can return the favour and put out his third string and save them all for the Champions League final. But look, it's going to be no pushover. We've played them in the, in the League Cup this year and I think they put out the third string team and still put three past us. Look, they're, they're a fantastic squad of players. Um, a squad that we're missing and that, that's what we're missing at Everton Football Club. Our first eleven can compete on the day with predominantly most teams in the Premier League but our squad and the depth is atrocious whereas you look at Man City's squad you've got Phil Foden running rings around people making football look easy you've got Sterling on the bench you've got other players who sat there Ferran Torres doesn't even get a sniff in the first 11 he came on and played against Newcastle and scored a hat-trick the other week and put four past even put uh, the old dog in goals it's got Carson in goal just for a bit of a laugh so Fingers crossed he can get put back in goal again on Sunday. Um, save the save the players for because look they've still got a lot to play for this year. They, that Champions League is massive for them going forward. That's what they're looking forward for. That's what their owners thrive for when they bought the club. So, but look on the other side of the uh, the coin, it's Sergio Aguero's last game on Sunday. Now, if he's fit or not, you know he's going to play, and you know he's going to want a big reception. He's going to probably want a goal and his last appearance at the Etihad, which throughout his brilliant career at Man City so there's no easy game whatever squad they put out we're in for a tough game um, I just hope to God that we put out a performance that we can be proud of and say look we went for it and we really tried to grab that European place because it we, we have been to these places where we thought we've got no chance we went to Anfield haven't won in years and we turned them over this year we might just find Carlos away tactical performances our real identity which I think we do have away from home might just work, but my God, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a long 90 minutes of football. And if we can nick a goal and just defend for our lives, then I'll be over the moon. I just hope to God that Leicester can do the business against Tottenham um, this weekend as well, if they can win. It puts us right in the mix again. Obviously, West Ham are playing now. I think Ben Teke's just equalised for Palace as we speak against Arsenal. So they're, they're dropping points too. So results going in our favour again. So... Look, it's not over till it's over. And as long as we battle to the very end, I'll have no complaints. But what an opportunity we've missed this year, Mick. I still cannot believe it, like that we're talking about some of the home defeats that may have cost us Europe this year. We should be pig sick. Now, I don't think we would have been very lucky to get top four and obviously fifth or sixth because I still don't think the squad's good enough to play European football. It's not. It would have been amazing for the club and obviously it could have helped bring in further additions. But this current set of players haven't got the fight to, to kick on in Europe. Now, I'm going to make a bit of a ballsy comment here. We, we've been in worse situations as Everton fans watching football, but I've probably never disliked some of these players more than I do this year because the heart and the battle that probably 80% of them have, they don't have it. They don't have the fight and they don't want to get stuck in. Well, as you look at your Ben Godfrey today, he was fighting the line from centre-half, from right-back. He was getting the crowd going. He was the only one 
was getting stuck in, getting fired up. Um, we need more players like Ben Godfrey in our team because that's what gets Goodison going. A large majority of the squad didn't want to know this year, um, especially against the, the lesser opposition at Goodison Park. And I, I, I can't forgive them because the opportunity was there for us. And if we would have just applied ourselves in a different way, more motivated and really put a shift in, then we would we would be top six. And I'm almost certain of it. So, yeah, we are still in the mix, but what an opportunity Mick, uh, we've missed this year, Mick, going forward. Lyndon, Matthew, before we go, I just want to ask you both a question. And Lyndon, I'm, I'm going to start with you here. With with Europe still up for grabs going into the last game of the season, would you prefer Everton to finish eighth rather than seventh and not be in this Europa Conference League? Where do you sit with this? No, I've always said that if we can be in Europe, we should be in Europe. Um, I mean, it's 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 experience. It's you know UEFA coefficients. It's um, it's it's visibility, and it, and it you know even if it's only the Europa Conference League, it will still be an attraction to a degree for any for any transfer um, targets that we have. So I've always said that Everton belong in Europe. Um, you know, not that we spent that much time there over our history, but that's that's the goal, and um, and it's a it's a trophy. It's a trophy to go for, and um, we should be even despite our form this season, we should be among the favorites to win that thing if we would get into it. <clears throat> um, Europa League obviously be more difficult, but as I say, we should be in we should be in whatever European competition we can get into. Um, and obviously the, the idea is, that, I mean, the, the squad that we have right now, no, it's not ready for Europe, but obviously the plan is to strengthen significantly over the summer. Um, and anyone for, who is still around from the, you know some of the players that we might prefer to get rid of this summer, but might not be able to, I mean, they should still be able to do a job. And if we are a better team next season, we will be a more confident set of players. And that will bleed through everyone, I hope, because I think the the argument over attitude or the complaint over attitude that Ancelotti has, I think is only half the picture. Um, I think the other half is just the confidence has drained out of this team at home. Um, and I, I expect that will improve. And there were signs of that tonight. Um, and so... Yeah, let's 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 look to get into Europe. Let's let's kick on next season um, and deal with you know the 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 fixture congestion and then Sunday Thursday, you know rigmarole that that some teams fall foul of, and we'll just have to deal with it. But I think we should be there and we should aim for it. And um, yeah, hopefully hopefully things fall away. But if they don't, then yeah, we don't have to worry about it next season, and we can really try and push for it, push for top six uh, and maybe top four next season. Matthew, this Europa Conference, if Everton are not to make the Europa League, it is a long shot going into the last day of the season. But Europa Conference, is that for you? Yeah, mate, I'm all over it. I mean, I'm not sure how we can, as Everton fans can be picky considering we've been in Europe once in the last 10 years. So, you know, and, and again, you, you come, you go into a season and you, you want to finish as high as you can every, every, every single season, every single game. I think I was having a conversation with a few boys on... Twitter last night and we were you know to and fro and there was some were saying you know they weren't that bothered where we finished now and that sort of thing and you know listen if we do if, if it's between 8th and 17th yeah, I get that a little bit I get that because it doesn't mean anything but for me now I want to finish as high as possible whenever I want to win games of football I don't want to be losing you know it's important you know I know it's not so important for us as fans but it's every position is a few I think it's 2.5 million, 3 million quid per uh, sort of position in the table. I mean, and, and a couple of positions here and there, and that's six, seven million 
you know, it, it, it all adds up. And, you know, why wouldn't we want to be in, in any European competition? We've got a manager that's got probably the best European pedigree out of any current top manager. Um, we're, we're, we're a club that should be at least in the top seven. And, that, and that's European football. We should be in, in some sort of European competition. I think the club and the squad needs European football from, like the boys said, a revenue point of view, but also from a, a squad development point of view. I do think you can really develop your squad in certain scenarios and situations where that be rotating through the group stages and giving a few of the fringe players and the younger players you know, a go, or in, you know, in certain scenarios where I'm sure playing a European team uh, of, of, of a decent stat, I mean, I think Roma are going to be playing in, in that conference league next year and they're a good team, you know, that's only going to develop us as a team going back into our domestic league. So no, no, no season would I ever want to finish eighth rather than seventh. I really don't get that, that argument that you'd rather finish eighth rather than seventh because so you've only got one game a week. If you want to, if you want one game a week, go support. You know, I would say West Ham. It's, it's good Newcastle. You know, go support Newcastle if you want one game a week because that's not us. You know, um, you want you want the top teams play three games a week, no problem. They've got the squads to deal with it. We all want to be playing three games a week. We all want to be watching our team in Europe. What I would say is that. Um, if we do, if we do miss out, we miss out. You know, we've only got ourselves to blame. Like Ben said, you know, how many times have we said this season, oh, we could have got this, we could have got that. I mean, you go through it with nine home losses. I mean, even if we'd have got a point here and there, you know, you look at the late goals that we've conceded. We have conceded late against Leeds. We conceded late against Aston Villa. You know, how on earth did we didn't we at least get a point from the Sheffield United game? For, you know, Dom missing that chance in the first half. And that, you know, that's two or three points here and there are really going to cost us. So, you know, it's got, this has got to be the last season that we're, we're here now and talking about Everton missing out on things and being, being the nearly men every time. This has got to be the last time, you know, Carlo's got to sit down with, with the people, with brands, with the people at the top of the club this summer. And we've got to have a plan. We've got to have a plan to strengthen in three or four key areas so when the season starts next season, whether we're in Europe or not, we know we've got a squad to compete for top six more trophies next season. And we're not in this position come May next year that we're talking about finishing around eighth, ninth position again and missing out through a few key key points. You know, it's the same every season. It's got to stop. We've got to we've got to we've got to attack the market this summer. Back Carlo, get his players in early. And and let and let's go for it, Ben. Before we go, Jordan Pickford. That's his tenth clean sheet of the season and his best save percentage in four years. Just a quick mention on his form. It it's been outstanding, hasn't it? It's been unbelievable since his comeback uh, over the past few months. He's been absolutely superb since his performance in the derby. He's just really kicked on and kicked on and kicked on. He's made some sublime saves. His passing from the back has been brilliant. He's been very commanding and he was once again solid tonight. Made a few really good catches in difficult areas, really good punches, decisive. And I just think he's been brilliant, to be fair. And over the past few months, he's been probably our best player, um, along with probably Ben Godfrey. He's been absolutely superb. And that's the old Jordan Pickford. That's the Jordan Pickford we've missed from years ago. 
just he's obviously a confidence player, had a bit of a wobble early on in the year, but I think Carlo managed him really well and he's really kicked on from uh, when he came back into the start of 11th and really well managed and fair play to Jordan Pickford, been absolutely superb. Just make sure nobody cuts his air because since he's had his long hair, he's been brilliant. So, no, fair play, Jordan Pickford, absolutely brilliant. And there we have it, guys. Ben, Lyndon, Matthew, thank you for joining us as always and thank you for listening. Our season is still alive one way or the other and we go into the last game of the season away to Manchester City on Sunday, which is a 4pm kickoff. And you'll be able to hear the last post-match podcast of the season immediately after the game. In the meantime, stay safe, take care and we'll see you Sunday. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.